Welcome to Side Hustle Stories. My name is Anissa Teich. And this is Kaz McDougall. And we're here talking to side hustlers, as the name says. We're super excited to hear about side hustles that are coming to fruition here in Connecticut, uh, especially right now we're recording and starting this podcast during an unprecedented time, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, but there are amazing people that are doing and building amazing businesses, and we're excited to tell their stories. Welcome to Side Hustle Stories. My name is Anissa Teich. And this is Kaz McDougall. And we're here talking to side hustlers, as the name says. We're super excited to hear about side hustles that are coming to fruition here in Connecticut, uh, especially right now we're recording and starting this podcast during an unprecedented time, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, but there are amazing people that are doing and building amazing businesses, and we're excited to tell their stories. Well, we are here with Nicole Morley, who is a hey. uh, digital content creator, mm-hmm. and um, we're here at Side Hustle Saturday, and I think you more than certainly <laughs> me, or most of us here, embody that to, to <laughs> such a degree. Yeah. <laughs> there are lots of hustles mm-hmm. going on in your world, so I yes. wanted to introduce you um, to everybody here today, but you know, certainly everybody on the podcast. Tell us a little more about yourself and yes. what you do. Well, it was funny because we were talking off mic in the meeting about um, side hustles and just freelancing, and I was like, I've freelanced my entire life. (laughs) And everyone was like, oh, I didn't know about the taxes and this, and I was like, ooh. (laughs) I've done it forever. Um, I've always worked as a contractor, so basically I started off, um, I moved to New York at 18. I went to art school, which was super fun. Amazing. Got my BFA in photography, lots of wild things going on at art school. Um, And then I lived in New York for six years total, and I was working as a photo editor, and this was my first contract position, so it was sort of a freelance thing. Um, And the first year I did my taxes, I completely screwed up, and I got a letter from the IRS Mm -hmm. (laughs) saying, I was all this money. I was like, okay, got to figure out how to do this now. Um, So that was like a big sort of turning point where I was like, okay, I actually have to figure out what I'm doing here in this business world. Um, And then after I had worked at that job for, I think, three or four years, I was kind of starting to become jaded in New York City, Mm. (laughs) as one does. Um, And I decided to plan like some traveling. Um, So my family's always been really into traveling, and my best friend was living in Boston at the time, and she was sort of feeling similar. And so we were like, you know what? Let's move home. Let's save up money. Let's quit our jobs, and we'll just travel. And that's what we did. <laughs> so, that's amazing. Yeah, we backpacked through Europe for about four months. And then I decided to get my yoga teacher training, 200 wow. hour. Yeah, which is a, another freelance little section that yes. no one really knows about me. <laughs> um, so I did that. And then I moved back. I was doing teaching yoga for a while. Learned all about that freelancing sort of stuff. Um, And that's sort of when I decided that I wanted to start my blog, Nicole and Color. Mm. Um, And so, yeah, I began, knew nothing about the sort of digital world, um, got into it, and here we are today, five years later. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yes. And quite the, you know, presence you have built. I mean, you have one of the most beautiful feeds I have seen online. Thank you. 
Um, how did, you know, art school and your inspiration there mm. really play into what it is you create yeah. today? So I did a lot of self-portraiture in art school, which obviously you can see in Instagram now. Um, but it's kind of funny because when I first started college, Instagram was not around yet. Sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> which will reveal my age, I guess. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, so once Instagram sort of started, I think it was like 2015, it got really popular. I think it was around before then, but that's when it really started to pick up. Um, And I always say this, but I always look back and kick myself for not starting sooner because I just had a personal Instagram account, wasn't really doing anything with it. And that's when people really like to grow, you know? So I'm always like, oh, why? But yeah, I mean, art school was definitely like the perfect catalyst to start Instagram. Um, I was doing a lot of self-portraiture, a lot more artsy stuff, obviously. Mm. Um, But that was a really sort of like good way to sort of learn how to do everything by myself. Um, And I do take most of my own photos. And I think a lot of people are sort of starting to do that too. So that's kind of good. Um, I talk about that a lot on my Instagram, like how you can take your own photos. Um, stuff like that but my main purpose with the Instagram and just with my brand in general is to inspire confidence in women through creativity and self-love which is really important to me Mm. so that's my brand motto (laughs) that's amazing yeah (laughs) so um, with this being a digital world what's Mm -hmm. the best way that you um, you kind of stand out because there's a lot mm, of yeah. overcrowding that yeah, can yeah, happen yeah. online. Absolutely. So what's your um, what's kind of your formula to yeah, highlight um, yourself? I think the best way to stand out is to have quality over quantity. Um, obviously, I think it's really easy to get overwhelmed with the numbers game, yeah. right? Especially with Instagram and everything else, TikTok, YouTube, all the social media channels Definitely. are based around numbers and mm-hmm. analytics. Um And I used to really like stress out about it, especially when I was first starting. And I was like, I can't grow. Like, I feel like I'm doing everything right, but I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Um, And it's really, it's not you. I think that's what creators have to sort of focus on. It's the algorithm (laughs) and Instagram, and it's just oversaturated. Um, So I think it's important to sort of step back from like, you know, how can I grow my following and just sort of think more along the lines of, do I actually like what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Like, do I feel passionate about it? Right, yeah. Um, but I think quant- quantity is, uh, quality is more important than quantity. And I really believe in that strongly because I'm still able to get a lot of paid partnerships, even though I don't even have 10,000 followers on Instagram, which everyone says, you know, you have to hit 10K mm-hmm. before you can start thinking about monetizing. That is not true. (laughs) If you have good quality photos, either you're taking them yourself or hire out, hire a photographer. There are plenty of local photographers you can hire. Make it happen. (laughs) So alongside that, the paid partnerships that you Mm. have been able to to garner because your work is so beautiful. Um, (laughs) What does the business about, like, or the businesses, right? The sort of... (laughs) lines of revenue look like for you oh my god um there's a lot of different lines of revenue when it comes to digital creation 
Um, I guess it kind of depends what niche you're in. So if you're in fashion, which I am, um, you can sign up for sort of like third-party commission sites. So like to know it, I don't know if you guys yep. are familiar with that. Oh, yeah. That's a huge one. There's also shop style, which is very similar to like to know it. Um, and that's a good way to monetize like your fashion-based content. So you can basically link the pieces that you're wearing. And then if people shop from those links, you get a commission from that. Um, there's also with I know TikTok and YouTube if you have a certain amount of followers or subscribers then you can sign up um, to be monetized I know Mm -hmm. through YouTube with ads but TikTok they actually have a creator fund Hmm. and I don't really know how that works I actually just started on TikTok so (laughs) I did have a question about TikTok so they've now um, partnered with Shopify so I'm not sure if you've seen like they'll have the influencers now be able to wear the brands mm. and then they do whatever the TikTokers yeah, I mean, do. Yeah, that's so smart. <laughs> yeah, that was going to be my question. Have you thought about doing anything like that? Because I see that that's yeah, fairly would... new, but it seems to be growing very yeah. quickly. I would definitely look into that. Um, so it's actually kind of funny with TikTok. I started a TikTok when it first became popular and then I like panicked because I was like, I'm 30. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can't be on here. I'm too old. <laughs> So I ended up like deleting it one night. I was just like, I can't do it. <laughs> and then of course I immediately regretted it because it kind of blew up. So I actually just got it back now, like literally last week. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I've just been repurposing like stuff that I've been doing for Instagram anyway. Um, so it's funny though, because I found that on TikTok, it seems to be much easier to grow. And I've heard from a lot of bloggers just in my like online groups that um, the algorithm seems to be a lot more like, uh, what's the word? Not succinct, but it's just more like on point um, as far as like pushing the content out to the people who want to see it. Um, so that's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty new at TikTok, so I'm not an expert there. <laughs> But yeah, as far as monetization goes, um, I know there's the TikTok Creator Fund, which you need, I think, 10,000 followers to join. And I've heard that you can make like sort of a little bit of income from that. I'm not sure how it works, if it's based on views or what it is. But um, yeah. Yeah. So what I mean, you know, in getting into TikTok and kind of exploring like what other platforms are on the horizon, Mm. you know, Kaz and I talk about content all the time and it's about mm. like kind of how many places you can repurpose. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> I, but there, there is also this sort of, um, there is a camp or, or you know, mm. camps of people that are like, well, each, everything you create must be unique to the platform. Oh. Well, that's cool when you have all the time in the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> but he has that much time. <laughs> so I often say that to, you know, cause cr- the creation of content, yes, even the word, we were talking to Carlos earlier. Uh, the word can be overwhelming because it there's just so much under that umbrella. Yes. Um, so how you know how do you think about repurposing? Um, mm. You know, and what other maybe platforms are on the horizon for you, and how are you able mm-hmm. to kind of like add those on? You know, yeah. with limited time and resources. Yes. Um, great question. I just work all the time. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I pretty much got started on Instagram. That's like my sort of homey place. I feel like very comfortable there. 
Um, but as t- uh, Instagram has grown and, you know, they've added Reels and they've added IGTV mm. and they've even added these guides now, which I don't even know if everyone has those yet. Um, but there's like all this different stuff going on. So for me, how I repurpose is Instagram photos. I'll go on Pinterest. That's Makes a good sense. one. Yeah. Um, that's super easy. You know, um, I use a program called Tailwind. Which, oh, sure. Yeah. It's really it, yeah. easy to like schedule pins and stuff like that. Um, so that's nice. And then I'll always repurpose onto my blog. If I'm doing blog articles, that's an easy one. I'll repurpose that onto my like to know it for that kind of fashion stuff. Um, and then I've sort of started playing around. So I've just started YouTube and I just started TikTok. Those are my new places. <laughs> Fun. Yes. Um, and so it's funny because I did all this research on YouTube to try and figure out like what I needed to do. Video is completely new to me, but it's you know, starting to become really, really popular. So I'm like, okay, I have to get on this. Um, so that's been kind of a learning curve because mm. I'm like a photography girl never really played around with video before and now all of a sudden I'm just like video (laughs) um so video I think is a lot easier to repurpose especially if you're doing like high quality video um I think it's easy to repurpose like let's say a YouTube video so I'm doing sort of like behind the scenes of digital content creation on my YouTube I only have like two videos up (laughs) let's just get that out there great place to start (laughs) yeah But what I'm doing is sort of like a day, let's say, in the life of like a content creator. So I do, you know, getting up, doing my hair and makeup, styling. Um, As I'm driving to like my location, I'll sort of talk a little bit about digital creation in general. And then once I get to the location, I'll do like behind the scenes, how I shoot, um, posing stuff. People love my posing stuff. So yes. I'm trying to like get I love that posing going. stuff. <laughs> it's kind of, as somebody who like cannot get a good angle, I'm like, it's, I always joke about it. I'm like, I always look like I have three chins and my nose is like a big bird or something. And like, it's all about the angles and lighting. I know. And I'm like, I just need to practice what Nicole does. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, granted, I was a ballerina and a yoga teacher, so my whole life has been about posing. <laughs> <That's> amazing. <laughs> yeah, so I've found that taking the sort of posing section of that YouTube and just cropping it to 9x16, Reels, TikTok, any posts, wow. video posts I want to do. Um, and you do need to have, like, again, quality video if you're trying to crop, because um, that's a big crop. <laughs> I tried to do it on my iPhone and it did not work. Mm. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's sort of about investing in like a quality equipment equipment as yeah. well. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I found. And if I know you mentioned earlier, obviously, you know, not because I certainly would not. I mean, you have the background in photography. I can't take a good photo to save my <laughs> life. There is not a filter that can save me. <laughs> but having a partner. Mm. Like your, you do photo retouching and editing, mm-hmm, correct? Mm-hmm. Or a content creator as well, video, etc. Like my friend Kaz here mm-hmm. is important because mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that we can't get into that type of content creation to be in the places that we need to be. Mm-hmm. We just need to know the right people. Yes, I'm, I got two of the right people right here. <laughs> yes. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and that's something else about content creation, and I've heard this from other bloggers too in my groups is that it can be a very lonely existence. Really? Because you're doing all the work yourself. 
Especially if you're doing your own photos, I'm constantly just like hanging out with myself, (laughs) which it's fine for me because I'm an only child, so I'm used to that. But I think like there can be times when, especially with like the sort of back end stuff, like reading through contracts and emailing clients and everything is digital. You're never actually talking to anyone face to face. It's all through the internet, right? So even though you do have connections with people, obviously, it's like just a different type of connection. Sure. So I've, I've heard a lot that people can get just really like lonely because all, you're doing all your work by yourself and it's hard to find like the right support, I think, for a lot of people. That's so interesting, too. I mean, I I honestly never thought of it Mm. like that. Um, It makes sense why, certainly, at an even greater level, why Mm. there are some collectives and such that we know, like the Connecticut Bloggers Collective um, is one of them, and our friend Noni, um, to bring people together, you know, in your field. and. I mean, apart from the fact that she creates beautiful events, I now, from a you know cultural standpoint yes. of the the work that you guys do alone every day, I, mm. I mean, those events were slam. Oh my god, I know she's like, amazing. She sells out, <laughs> I know. and I, you know, because you guys just want to get together. Yes, that makes so much sense. Yes, yes. So how do you, you know, how do you feel if at all, you know, uh, things have changed since the pandemic? Mm. It's probably much of the same for you. Well, I found at the beginning, um, suddenly I had all this work, which was great. Yeah. Um, And I think that happened because, like, suddenly everything was online, Mm -hmm. right? All the stores were closed. You couldn't go anywhere. Everyone was doing all this online shopping. um, And so brands immediately pivoted to their first marketing choice, influencer marketing, which is pretty much guaranteed. It's like a billion, multi-billion dollar industry this year. Um, so I had like a whole ton of work coming in, which was great for me. Um, so I don't know if that was the same for a lot of different people who are sort of working like online in the digital Mm -hmm. sphere of things. Um, but that was nice. But, you know, at the same time, like it was like, we couldn't have any events. Yeah. Like meet other people. Networking was like totally finished with for a full year almost. Um, and that was hard, but I guess on the content creation side of things, it was actually kind of fun because everything was closed so I could go anywhere I wanted and no one would be around. (laughs) That's interesting too. Yeah. Because you have some really fun kind of backgrounds and you're always like, I feel like scoping out. Like if if a Hollywood director (laughs) needs to like site scope, they're going to call Nicole. Location scouting. (laughs) It's crazy. But yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it's, it is almost (laughs) eerie to see some of these places that used to be hopping. Yes. Very empty. Yes. Which is an interesting, I'm sure, backdrop for (laughs) then, like, the very vibrant and, you know, fun things that you do um, with your photography. Yeah. It was, like, after the first, like, month or two of the pandemic, after, like, all the baking and, you know, (laughs) staying at Sourdough bread. Yes. I was like, wait a second. Everything is closed. Like, I can just go out by myself and take photos, like, anywhere I want. (laughs) So that was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, I've had some really ridiculous experiences with that too. Like trying to take photos by yourself in a public place. (laughs) Everyone just wants to bother you. Like everyone wants to bother you. (laughs) And I'm just like, please just leave me alone. (laughs) 
questions. They'll see right in it. I'm actually, and it's funny because I, I know that you, you do this, right? And you've been coming here for a little bit. And so Nicole's taking some photos in the parking yes, lot. So I'll, I'll see her like with her car like parked like down the other end of the parking lot. And I'll just, I'll know what she's doing. And yeah. she's got the camera pointed at her. And she, you had like a bouquet yes. of hydrangeas. Yes. Yes. And I just wait. No, no, no. I was literally, you have to set the scene here. Okay. My car was parked at an odd angle so I could get the right sunlight, right? Okay. I am literally sitting in my car door through the window. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like hanging out the window with this bouquet of flowers. Like whipping my hair so that I get the right thing. And I just hear, hi, Nicole. (laughs) And then I sat there and I was like, oh my God, I hope she wasn't recording a video. I was like, shoot. No, no, no. That was totally fine. See, I know you, so that doesn't bother me at all. I was like, oh God. I'm just like, I look like such an idiot right now. No. It was amazing. And I loved like being able to to see behind the scenes, yeah, right? I mean, you're yeah. doing the behind the scenes videos for the same, you know, on YouTube and such. And it's just so interesting, yeah. the process. But yeah. I'd imagine, yes, yeah, somebody... <laughs> Seeing an influencer do it, it almost is like a, a form of, a very common form of like street performance, yes, right? Yes. And people like want to come up and like interact with you oh in some God, way. Like, like you're a celebrity or like something, you're like, you know, it's like no. you're, you're a model that's like doing this like beautiful shoot in like public and everybody's just like, I just want to watch. Is that creepy? Like, it's so true though. Like, I don't know why that is, but it is. Like people I've found... Like, the more public space that you're in, the more people will just, like, slowly get closer and closer to you, like, on purpose. You Like, oh, if you were not taking photos of yourself, they would just, like, walk by, like, sorry. not even yeah. look at you. But the fact that you're taking photos of yourself so obviously and you're, like, in this crazy outfit or whatever, and, like, you can, I can just see, like, I remember I was in Elizabeth Park, like, mm. last summer or something, taking photos with the roses or whatever. And um, it was, like, super early in the morning, so I could, like, get the right light or whatever. I was like, no one's going to be there. <laughs> There's, like, this couple walking their dog, and, like, they're just, like, looking over at me, and then, like, the it's, like, the dog. Oh, the dog wanted to go. Oh, no. <laughs> and suddenly this dog is, like, five feet away from me, and I'm just like, hey. <laughs> like, my camera's going. I'm just like, do you want to be in the photo? I don't know. <laughs> like get as close to me as possible without like being too close where they have to actually talk to me you know that is so just, funny. I don't know it's so weird like but it happens they don't all the time talk to you. sometimes people do okay. but mostly only if I'm like about to get in trouble <laughs> oh sure yeah. yeah like I had to do this campaign once right outside of a Walgreens like oh. the creative brief literally was like you have to shoot in front of a Walgreens okay and there's that really cute retro Walgreens oh the movie the theater one. yeah, yeah. Right here. yeah, yeah. so I was like oh perfect so like go in and I was so nervous because they had sent me the product. It was like lotion or something. Okay. They sent it to me and I went into the Walgreens to get some like props and do some stories of like the product in the store. And then I like go back out and I was like, I hope someone doesn't come out and see that I have this lotion and be like, you stole Thank that. You stole <laughs> I was like, no. But I'm like taking photos and that's like a very public place. Like, yes very crowded and this was before the pandemic so it was like (laughs) super crowded 
So like there's these trucks going by and I'm trying to like be as close to my car as I possibly can be so I'm not like in anyone's way. And like all of a sudden this like woman comes out and she's like, excuse me, like I'm the manager here at Walgreens. Like what are you doing? <laughs> oh my God. She's like, a few people have come in and said there's a girl taking photos outside. <laughs> she was like, what's going on? Like she was just so confused. Oh and I was God. like, I had to like explain like, um, this brand is paying me to take photos outside of Walgreens. <laughs> And she, like, recognized the brand. She was like, oh, yeah, we sell those there. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it must, there are, there are people that understand, you know, what it is that you yeah. do. But there are, and I, 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 I don't want to generalize, but I will don't. for a moment. Gener- <laughs> generationally, yes, there yes. is a lack of understanding, Definitely. right? <laughs> um, I have another really good friend, uh, Beth Zaragoza, who is a, a, a an influencer as well mm-hmm. and I still our parents and like yes. friends parents whatever, they're like wait what does she do yes it's like wow you know, <laughs> I know it's such a new career like yeah. I always just phrase it that way because it really is you know and I mean I'm really hopeful that like our generation is sort of paving the way for like yeah. future generations to actually have a career that's like sustainable as a digital creator um, fingers crossed. We'll see. <laughs> it is sort of the ultimate entrepreneurial endeavor yeah. right now, right? Yeah. And I love the fact that, you know, because of the way that content can be created thanks to technology, like hardware and mm. software, right? It's it's democratized our ability to become an entrepreneur, a digital entrepreneur, yes. right? Right. Um, I remember, I mean, and I think back to, you know, if I, I wish that this kind of thing was, was available back when I, I started going to school, I was going to be a performer. I was mm. a dancer oh, okay. and I wanted to be a choreographer, but you get Amazing. to school the first year of college yes. at Arizona state and they, they're like, okay, wow. And this is like 2000, 2001. Mm-hmm. Well, you're going to have to become a personal trainer <laughs> and a massage therapist yeah. and but, but, but you're never going to have health insurance. You're going to be lucky if you don't break your leg by the time yeah. you're 23 yep. and you're going to have to support yourself between auditions. So yep. like, how are you going to do that? And I was mm-hmm. like, <gasps> But now, you know, not to say that it makes any of that easier, but Mm. you have the ability to get your art and what you do out there. So you can almost audition yourself constantly. Mm -hmm. Right? And I love that. Yes. Right? So anybody that does anything in this world now can create content to market themselves. You don't have to go to an agency Mm -hmm. anymore. I'm speaking to somebody who owns an agency. (laughs) You don't have to. Right? You, You do that if you don't know how to work you know fine but the fact that you can get your you can get started yourself Mm -hmm. I think is just so empowering and it really I mean it leads to the most interesting journeys like you've had yeah yeah there's so much potential out there um I think it's just really hard like I don't know how other industries are really like working these days but within the influencer industry like the problems come because it's so oversaturated so that's probably like the hardest hurdle that you kind of have to overcome. Um, And again, that comes back to kind of like what we were talking about. How do you, you know, stand out in that Mm. sea of people? Um, So, yeah, I mean, I also think that it's a learning curve for brands too, because sort of like the general, general like feel within the influencer community is like, 
brands are not paying us enough <laughs> and they're really low sure. like I mean people will post these offers that they get all the time and it's like <laughs> so laughable I mean mostly people just want you to work for free of course and like for like a loaf of bread or something like literally someone posted one of my groups the other day she got an email that was like um, we would like 10 images, royalty-free, and in exchange, we'll send you our loaf of bread. Like, Sorry, I'm what? not kidding. These ridiculous offers. It's like, excuse me? Especially royalty-free. That's, like, that's like thousands of dollars. Yes. And, like, that's another thing. Like, coming from a photography background, like, I know a lot about, you know, copyright law, sure. like we were talking about. Um, and a lot of influencers, unfortunately, just don't know mm. about that because they're coming from different backgrounds. Um, and so, like I was saying off mic, um, a lot of people have been talking about how brands are like taking their images and using them without like any contact at all, using them in advertisements, Crazy. like to sell like huge brands. Um, and that's becoming like a real issue. So I think it's like, now that the internet is just so like available Mm -hmm. like there's so much content available it's like how do we sort of make more of a professionalized industry within like the digital community yes yeah yeah it's sort of you know now that we're certainly getting past the uh being taken seriously phase (laughs) right well fingers crossed i know know with some people we're still there but We're definitely like into yeah, it, you it's know. moving that way. Yeah. Um, it is. It's it's still very much as these things go yeah. the wild wild west when it comes to quote regulation, yes. right? And yes. how you guys are able to protect yourselves and your content mm-hmm. in order to yes, unfortunately, not be taken advantage of possibly right. by by brands that you know they're. I'm gonna, you know benefit of the doubt they have mm. the best of intentions they right. want user generated content right 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 it's like the gold right now <laughs> yes but pay the people that are making it yeah <laughs> yeah and i think like as far as user generated content like most bloggers that i know and digital creators are like totally fine with instagram like if you want to like repost on instagram like just credit the person like that's i mean for me at least i don't that's fine with me but when I like hear about like these huge corporations state like literally stealing someone's image mm. and using it to market themselves and to sell their product, like they're using that image to make money. And so obviously the photographer needs to be compensated. Yes. And they're not being. So that's where it gets like tricky. And a lot of people are posting these groups asking, like, what do I do? Yeah. Like, what do I do in this scenario? Have you personally run into that issue where your image likeness was being utilized without your consent? I have not, thankfully. Um, And I think that's because I try really hard in all of my contracts to remove any language that gives away my rights to my photography. And brands love to put this into contracts as an influencer. There's usually a whole paragraph about we own all the intellectual property you create during this campaign in perpetuity, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) So yank that back. Here's $100. (laughs) So I always redline that. And I think a lot of, again, a lot of influencers are coming from different backgrounds. They don't realize that they can even say no. That's That's like a huge, yeah, yeah, that's really, really big. So like... You know, if you are an influencer and you're listening to this, you can say no. Say, remove this language. 
not comfortable with this or you ask for more money. That's how it should be. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah, I think it's wild. And I, I, I'm hoping, you know, again, as this becomes a, we always feel it's legitimate, but mm-hmm. as it becomes a more widespread, yes. quote, yes. legitimate thing, that mm-hmm. yes, these... <clears throat> Structures could be put into place. Um, mm-hmm. There'll be more available education because I think that's the yeah. hardest part, you know, for any business owner yeah. starting out. That was a big conversation today mm-hmm. um, at Side Hustle Saturday. Mm. Um, is that um, we don't know what we don't know. We don't know where to start. Yes. Right. And yes. so, especially when you're doing something on your own, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I, I, I always try to stress that you, you never have to, you know, don't feel as if you need to do something on your own, reach out to people, you, don't yeah. to, you know, just, just to network and yeah. talk with other entrepreneurs, right? Mm-hmm. You don't even necessarily, if you're not in a place where you could pay for a business or right. all of that, um, know where you need to go. There are some resources available, but I'll be honest. I mean, I've come up, I've had people, especially during COVID, um, sending me resources to get out to the community or even for myself. And I'm like, this is the first that I am hearing about mm-hmm. this, this state organization or this, you know, right. I, I'm, I'm three, four years in and I knew nothing about this. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's always hard because I know that there are resources available. They're very, it's very hard to know where they are. Yeah. Um, they're not well promoted in themselves. Um, so it's really, for me, the biggest benefit has been things like this, where I like, you know, mm-hmm. mix and mingle and, and just have these conversations with people. And you, it, there is, you're always learning, right? Yeah. yeah. But I, I do truly hope that, you know, and maybe this will be a business for somebody, maybe for yourself, <laughs> where there's like a structure to yeah. it, right? Where you could give advice that is like, okay, as if you're going to start off in the influencer world, mm-hmm. digital content creation, here are the things that you need to have yeah. in place, right? Yeah. When we were talking with uh, with Megan Lilly Dolls, Smith earlier during Lunch and Learn, and we had her um, come on the podcast as well, um, we had mentioned a friend of the space here, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Jamie Sternberg, who is a, you know, IP and trademark um, yeah. uh, lawyer. And and these are conversations, you know, these are it's information that I'm certainly going to go to her and ask, mm-hmm. but, but, you know, having people like that in your, in your sphere um, is important um, to make sure that the hard work that you're putting in is protected, yeah. right? I think to your point, a lot of people think like, "Well, I'm j- I'm just glad that somebody wants to work with me, right? right? That's right. going to pay me for this." But right. there there comes a time yes. when um, you know you kind of got to button it up yeah. for your yourself and your own mm-hmm. business growth. Yeah, and that just comes with also like knowing your worth, mm. and mm-hmm. I think that's something that women have some issues uh-huh. with, <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. and that's something I always like to talk about. That's where sort of like my self love, self care stuff comes in on my Instagram, and that's that stuff is so important, not just for your business, for your own self, <laughs> yeah, um, but you know, practicing self-care and self-love is how you're going to know your own worth. And you have to know that if you're going to get into this business because you're going to have to fight for your for yourself. So it's important. I think that's great. And, the, you know, the thing I think about, too, we were talking about this with one of the other guests is comparison, right? Mm, yes. Um, I'm sure you have you may have fallen into this bucket. You know, you've got other content oh, creators. Yes. I mean, Kaz, maybe even yourself. You've got other content creators that are doing mm-hmm. things. I've certainly done it, you know, for the sake of my businesses. Mm-hmm. Or even, you know, had the conversation with my clients. Well, they're, this, com- this competitor's doing this. And it's so hard to get yourself out of that place yes. and understand your own uh, differ- unique differentiators mm-hmm. and the, the worth 
you know, in your own kind of world at your own pace. Yes. Right? Kind of getting out of that comparison because at the end of the day, the number of hearts and likes and yes. comments, they really don't matter. Yeah. We all know of instances certainly where, I mean, you're a great example because you were just saying you don't have that 10K followers. Mm-hmm. She will soon. <laughs> um, but Please help me. <laughs> but, um, you know, you're still, you know, the quality that you're putting out yes. and, and, and for other people, you know, um, the relevant, how they're connecting mm. with their follower base, yeah. with their clients, yeah. right. Um, is so, so important. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, from a, coming from a service business standpoint and Kaz, I know it's the same for you. Referrals are gold, mm-hmm. right? We're all about referrals. Um, so it might not seem like we have the world's biggest following on social. Right. If you're going to compare you know, you to another a pr- a production company, me to another agency mm-hmm. or a co-working space. Yes, sure, we might be less than than that, but we the, what's going on behind the scenes is right. certainly you know of much greater quality, and yeah. I think that's really important to understand yeah. too. Yeah, definitely. and to settle into that. Yes, no, because it is it's a long haul thing. Right, yeah. we don't want to get frustrated by the algorithm. Yes, <laughs> the dreaded algorithm. <laughs> dun dun dun. Exactly, because they are cruel. Yeah, they don't care about us. <laughs> I actually heard someone or read somewhere like a really nice analogy that I always think about if I ever get frustrated Mm. with the numbers Um, and it's to either take your following or like your number of likes or whatever and imagine that as just how like a people literal people in a room like if you were to have a party and you had 200 people there Mm -hmm. that's a lot of people Um, could you go around and could you interact and engage with all of those people? Maybe. And that's kind of what I try to focus on because for me, I try to flip my mindset to be more about, you know, creating authentic conversations, Mm -hmm. authentic connections with my followers, the followers that love my work and are there to support me already rather than being like, but I wish I had more. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and then it comes back to, like, a big part of why I love yoga so much is, like, the mindfulness, and I always loved um, the abundance mindset. Love. Which is just already feeling that you have everything that you need, basically. Um, And so that's something that I think is so important to practice when it comes to social media, because we could always want more, but if we just take a step back and focus on what, what's already there, that can be so gratifying. I love that. Yes. I think that's so important. So what does, like, sort of, you know, in having all of these hustles mm. and, and being a practiced, you know, multi-passionate <laughs> freelancer. Hat wearer. Right. <laughs> What does, you know, is there an ideal situation you're looking to get to, Mm. to grow to? What would be the full-time only hustle if there was one? Or is the the pack of a variety of growing list Mm. of things, is that your ideal? Yeah, I think I've sort of accepted the fact, I guess, that I will always have, like, uh, multiple income streams. Um... And that kind of suits my personality, I think. So that's fine with me. Um, What I really want to focus on is working with more brands. Um, That's where I found sort of like the highest paying jobs. So obviously that's what I want to focus on more. 
And I think, actually, I know <laughs> that it is possible to, you know, make a living doing what you love yeah. and make a decent amount of money. I'm not trying to be like a millionaire or anything. Just trying to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but actually, a really good account, I don't know if you've heard of them, mm-hmm. um, it's called Influencer Pay Gap. Ooh. Yeah, she's amazing. Wow. So basically, people will DM her, and she just asks, you know, you can DM me with who you are, like what your niche is, how many followers you have, whatever defines you, um, and then tell me like your highest paying gig, basically. Okay. Um, and it's really, really interesting. And then people can also like ask her questions. Okay. Um, she'll post them anonymously, and it's really nice to sort of see. People are making money. Money. Sure, sure. sure. (laughs) And not even people who have a whole ton of followers either, which is really nice to see. Is this um, this page, is it also helping the influencers to kind of see their their value? If their number is too low, you can kind of see, engage yourself based on where everybody else is? Because I think that brings a lot of value. Yeah, absolutely. She does... I mean, every post that she posts, I sometimes will just sit there and scroll through because I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> but it's just also really valuable data to have yeah. because you can see, okay, this person has X amount of followers and they made, and they, they'll usually put like their engagement rate, you know, relevant info. Um, and then you can kind of compare yourself. Like you can say, okay, well, they're making that much money. So then I can sort of you know, raise or lower, lower my prices depending on, exactly. you know, yeah, well, the yeah. standard, yeah. which is kind of what we need us is a, an industry standard, which we don't have. <laughs> I love that. And the fact yeah. that she posts everything kind of anonymously, yeah. I mean, I think that's huge. It's almost like a sort of bare bones start to like, you know, some of the features on like Indeed, mm-hmm. right? When you go and you put in right. your zip code and your yes. experience and can get a range of what you should be paying, yes. you know, as far as salary is concerned. Uh, that's huge. The trans mm-hmm. this transparency yes. across the board is what you know is not really yeah available on both Definitely. ends right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's information. I mean, God bless her. I'm I'm gonna dive right into that. Yeah, Kevin it's amazing. Yes, like I'm such a data geek, and like I'm yes. like like if she God if she isn't already like formalizing like reports and getting it out I to know. brands like what you should be paying in the state of influencer yes. marketing and I'm like oh my god I know it's that's amazing. amazing yes it's so cool there's also I find a lot of value in like I've talked a lot about blogger groups sure. um so there's a lot of Facebook groups that you can join and I think it's probably pretty easy to just type in like the name of your state or whatever and then blogger and see what comes up mm-hmm. Um, cause we have the Connecticut blogger group yeah. and then I'm part of like a reward style, which is the like to know it blogger group. That's a really big one. And then like a whole bunch of other ones, just random stuff. Um, and those are really good places to go. Like if you have questions, okay. um, the reward, reward style one, especially people are always asking not and even questions about like to know it, you can ask anything and it's just, you know, a group of a thousand bloggers or something. And people will answer your question. People wow, give you advice. Yeah. yeah. So it's really, really helpful, you know, just to have that kind of community. That is, and and that you know that kind of sums up <clears throat> exactly exactly why we're here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. It brings us right back to the first thing we we're talking about, which yeah. is you know there's no reason to go 
this alone, whatever your side hustle or the the goals you have for it mm-hmm. are, there is no reason to go it alone. And yeah. so Nicole, I thank you so much. You are so welcome. For joining us today. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Yeah. We'll be hearing much more from Nicole soon, I'm sure. <laughs> awesome. Side Hustle Stories is produced by Paradox Vision and the Small Business Collective, recorded at the Content Lab at West Hartford Coworking. To listen to more episodes, please visit paradoxvision.com slash podcast. Side Hustle Stories is produced by Paradox Vision and the Small Business Collective, recorded at the Content Lab at West Hartford Coworking. To listen to more episodes, please visit paradoxvision.com slash podcasts.